Hello, friends. This is Jeremy reminding you that you can support this show and all the shows on the DuckFeed Network by going to patreon.com slash DuckFeedTV. You can get access to episodes early. You can get access to Slack. You can get all sorts of cool benefits. So please go check that out. And we really appreciate it if you're already doing it. Now, enjoy this episode. Professor, I, I know it's against the rules to have sex in the dorms, but Professor, I, th- I think I got a girl pregnant. We can talk more tonight. Professor, I, uh, excuse me, I, I know you're going to, to your room, but um, I'm failing class, and the guidance counselor said that um, I'm going to get kicked out of the high school if, um, if I don't improve my grades, and I'm just really scared. We can talk more tonight. Professor, I've, um, I know this is uh, kind of embarrassing, but um, I've got a lump uh, on my nut. We can talk more tonight. Deal with it. Professor, out. Deal with it. Deal with it. Professor, out. Deal with it. Deal with it. Professor, out, 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 out. I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, the podcast where Gary and I are covering X-Men Evolution. Uh, This is an animated series about the X-Men from the year 2000. Uh, If you missed the previous episode, you should go back and listen to it. Go ahead and download it twice because give us that sweet, sweet stat boost that makes us feel good as podcasters. Mm -hmm. Um, But Mm -hmm. this is the the 2000 series X-Men that takes the X-Men, puts them in high school, and gives them weird characterizations. And uh, yeah, man, Gary, I'm, I'm kind of excited to talk about these two episodes. But first, how are you today? Are you are you doing well, sir? Doing all right. Uh, did not uh, did not get enough sleep. Having one of those days. Oh man, yeah. So I had one of those weird yeah. nights where uh, I usually read before I go to bed. Um, and so mm-hmm. I was I was sitting there reading, and uh, I usually can just nod off in the middle of a book like no problem. Um, but for some reason, like I would I would feel myself getting to sleep, so like I would close the iPad and close my eyes, and they'd just be like instantly awake again. <laughs> and I did that till mm-hmm. about two in the morning, <laughs> and then woke up at ah, six yeah. for work. So yay, yeah. That's the worst. You also, there's you have once while you have those nights where it's like, you know that you probably slept, but you also kind of remember every moment. Yes. You know, of the night, mm-hmm. like it's just like yeah, I was definitely up all night. I know I slept because I would remember literally eight hours of nothing. Yep. But I was just in and out of sleep the entire time. This wasn't that. This was uh, as I alluded to in the last episode. I I realized that I had actually unlocked a character in Gungeon. I did not realize I unlocked. And uh, played my first run with him, thinking it was going to be a normal run. But I found the clone. Have you found that item yet? Uh, no, I've got, I found a decoy that was like a, a thing of wood or something, but I think that's all I've gotten. So yeah. The, yeah. The, uh, the decoy is great. You can, you can steal with it. Um, but the, uh, the clone is an item in Gungeon where, do you, do you mind if I tell you what an item does? Not, not at all. No, that no, level no. of spoilers? I'm, no, I'm, um, dude, I'm on the Wikipedia. I like I'm not, I'm not yeah. <laughs> giving no fucks about the story in Gungeon. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, so the clone, uh, when you die, you start the entire run over with all of your items. Oh, word. So that's awesome. It's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's an amazing item. It's like absolutely like S rank, you know, one of the best items of the game and kind of once you can kind of reliably beat the game, what you do with clone runs is you either go after challenge stuff or you just go through the, the game and then die and then go through it again to see how like nuts your run can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I got the clone on the first floor. So I was like, fuck, like I'm going to be up pretty late unless i decide to put this down and i was just not tired so i ended up completing the run and staying up really late nice so it was good it was fun you know it was, a, it was just because i stayed up doing something i liked but it meant that i did not get quite enough sleep before i fell into the gungeon hole uh i was i was playing a lot of isaac and um i had just recently done my first um what do they call it a rerun is that what they call it when you mm-hmm. and yeah. uh i think you have to do like four of those to unlock an item uh, like mm-hmm. in, a, in a row and I managed to make that happen and I was very proud of myself because I was yeah. I was by the end of it I was like I did not know because you, you lose some items but you, then you keep a lot of them so I like did not know all of what I had and I was like ah, I just hope everything dies at one time <laughs> yep and usually they do because yes. you know, those will become very powerful mm-hmm. um, there's a fun uh, so there are seeds you can put in in that game and one of the things that I like is uh, there's all these Easter egg seeds, and a lot of them are different challenge modes. But there's one if you put in a basement as a word, uh, you just play the first floor over and over. Oh, weird! Uh, and it never never moves on from it. And uh, I've messed around with that before because the first floor is very easy, but you're just getting two items at least per floor at infinitum. Um, so you eventually just have almost everything in the game, 
and you're, you're steamrolling the easiest things in the game. Like it's fun to one shot, you know, a uh, uh, monstro. Yeah. Like absolutely. stuff like that happens. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I like that kind of thing where you can just kind of really stack up items. Um, the, um, we're not talking about items. No, we were talking about like, X-Men nope. and stacking them yep. up like cordwood. Wait a minute. What, what am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Behind Xavier's. <laughs> Nobody know about Gambit Shack. Um, the, so we're talking about, uh, episodes two and three of the cartoon. Uh, the first one, which is called X impulse. Uh, these titles do not make strategy X, <laughs> X impulse. Uh, I was like, Oh sure. They're going to introduce Quicksilver. Like, I don't know why. Cause I, I think the, there's a DC speedster named impulse. And that's why I thought so. But uh, so this is written by Gary Graham, uh, Craig Kyle, and Greg Johnson. Came out November 11th, 2000. Uh, in it, a 15-year-old Kitty Pride wakes up one day and finds herself able to walk through objects. She tries to ignore it, but finds that hard when she's approached by Jean Grey and a mutant troublemaker who both say they know. I'm assuming that this so. got cut off when I was copying and pasting that. So my bad, everybody. <laughs> I yeah, don't, don't, no, no, I, don't know what yeah, happened there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, sounds, that sounds that's accurate. It's just terse. Uh, who, um, oh no, no, they, yeah. that's literally the description on the Wikipedia. <laughs> that's it. No. It just stops there. The, um, cool. <laughs> Excellent. Yep. So the, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, good thing we're here to, to further explain. So, uh, um, we, so, we start on a house. Um, there's mm-hmm. a, there's a storm brewing. Uh, the camera zooms in on this young woman who is, uh, dreaming out flying and then she begins to fall. And um, when she wakes up, she realizes she is somehow in the basement now, and she doesn't necessarily understand how uh, she got there. Immediately, Cerebro picks this up because it's been detecting 15-year-old dreams for quite a long time now for reasons that we don't really need to get into (laughs) on this podcast. But, you know, I'm sure there's a podcast called The Xavier Files out there that talks extensively about Xavier's crimes. Like a post-credit scene where Xavier has like a a dial on, uh, on Cerebro. And he just turns it from 14 to 15 and kind of smiles to himself and <laughs> no, then it starts scanning 15-year-old it's, dreams. It's not an age dial. It's a dial that goes between Moira Metagger, Jean Grey, and Kitty Pride. Like yeah, those are the, those are the of their faces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Cerebo detects it. Uh, the parents uh, look up and see, you know, uh, see her, her bedding stuck in the ceiling. Yes. Is falling through. So they're they're trying to check in on her. At this point. So I actually kind of like this with like Kitty dreaming of falling and then falling through. I do too. Yeah. Like this is a good, good illustration of her not controlling her power as well. Yeah. At least they so. didn't go with the astonishing X-Men where she has an orgasm and falls through the floor. So I'm glad they didn't do that too. <laughs> yeah. D- did not need to see that. Yeah. Um, we go back over to, we go back to Kurt, uh, who is running late for school. Uh, and he, as he's running to school, some like weird music, it's like kind of like light ska. It's like, I don't know, like ska for elevators, maybe. I don't know. Like, yeah. Or, or like ska for people that don't want to wear checkered pants, but still kind of like the music. I don't, I don't know what this mm-hmm. is, but, uh, as he's running in, uh, Mrs. Darkholm, who we all know is Mystique now, uh, confronts him and is like, Hey, you shouldn't be late. And really looks like she's about to like torture this dude before Scott comes in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Scott shows up and says, Hey, the professor was asking about you. Um, there's this little comedy beat where he's just like, stop for, stop for a breakfast biscuit again, huh? Or something like that. He's like, <laughs> it is an addiction. And I don't, I don't care what he says, but it's a really weird little beat that is like, I don't know. The idea of Kurt, Kurt Wagner's like famous addiction to breakfast biscuits is very strange to me as a little uh, side thing. This is probably around the time McDonald's rolled out those, rolled out those breakfast burritos and I was addicted to those guys for a couple of minutes. So I can, I can maybe see this. Yeah. Those are not bad. Like, they're, they're, I love how uh, whenever I think about McDonald's and Taco Bell and like, you don't eat either of those foods really. But like, when I think about just like the finest two breakfast burritos a dollar fifty can buy, <laughs> which is like undeniably true, but also like a really weirdly damning statement. Because that that was their thing, right? They were like dirt. Cheap. Oh, they were super cheap. Yeah, like, that was the reason I got yeah. addicted to them because I had to save all my money for yeah. cigarettes and alcohol and drugs. <laughs> like that was the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't afford so, yeah, yeah. I've got a lifestyle fifty per day. <laughs> I'm saving up for for cigarettes. Um, we get back over to Kitty, who is trying to sneak out of the house, and uh, her mom busts her. She's been grounded. Like her parents are like, "We don't know what's happening to you, and you don't need to leave." 
Um, and and Kitty gets into this, uh, as we mentioned in the first episode of the X-Men Evolution coverage, she gets into her like, you know, whatever, like, I just, I think that this is unfair and kind of goes into that, like that uh, Valley Girl language. And her mom just eventually is like, I, I'm tired of listening to you talk like 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 somebody I don't like. So please, please leave my house and I will, I will lie to your dad if you just stop talking and leave right now. Yeah, boy. Um, but, but let's him, you know, let, 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 let's her go and stuff. And it's just kind of like interesting that showing her parents, like I actually like the arc with her parents in this as well. Mm-hmm. Like they're not hateful. They apologize at the end yeah, for not understanding. Like they're, they're not understanding, which is understandable. Um, so we're back to the Blackbird, back Blackbird, um, Xavier and Jean are flying to meet Kitty and someone else who Xavier's real coy about like, there's someone else there, but I'll take care of it. Um, and Jean, Jean's like, I'm doing this. I'm missing my midterms. <laughs> For this and it's like because initially i was like why is xavier putting them in high school maybe just for classic high school reasons like they need an education you know the idea that like the x-men even really need to 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 know algebra is something that i think is worth interrogating sure but fine you can you can uh you can say that but then to have them miss like the the most you know the second most important test of the term just to go back you up when you go talk to somebody is really fucking weird xavier yeah you're you're like, you're my call, one call child protective services you're my one young girl stand-ins and this is a young girl mutant so i need to smash the two of you together so that you can you, you can yeah. convince her to come live at yeah. my house <laughs> yeah, <can> you <laughs> to come move yeah because they definitely live at the mansion yeah it this is very weird um and then this fucking like the 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 motorcycle themes yes all right what is this like so a motorcycle is driving down the road uh and wolverine smells him it cuts over to uh the motorcycle again and then when it cuts back to wolverine he's on the roof yes <laughs> like he like he teleported up to the roof while this guitar music plays and he's like oh Sabretooth has taken his motorcycle to me i'm gonna suit up and bike off to get him like this this Sabretooth wolverine subplot in this is the dumbest shit there is that it's like my worst like least favorite iteration of this conflict when he's on top of the parking garage or whatever or on top of the roof he's like he says like Sabretooth, and then from a zillion miles away yes yeah. Sabretooth <laughs> is like wolverine and then we literally get like the monster energy wow guitar noise and it's just yeah. fucking hysterical uh it's not boy, good oh boy. not good yeah, um, yeah this is this is ridiculous uh, and he, Wolverine speeds past uh, Kurt and Scott, who are just chilling. And I think it's Kurt that looks over and says, "That man has some serious attitude." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so fucking dumb. Uh, and of course, they decide because they're best friends now to go chase Wolverine in uh, Cyclops' sports car. He's got like this cool looking, like kind of retro convertible thing. Which, again, he's like sixteen, seventeen, maybe. Like, I guess he could yeah. be eighteen. Like, is that? Are they in their senior year of high school? I don't quite understand. Doesn't matter. Who cares? I don't. Yeah, I don't know where he is in this. It's you know one of his cars. Like this is you know this is stylish. They take it out. We go back to to Kitty. Uh, Kitty gets shoved into a locker by some mean girls again. Me not understanding this Valley Girl thing. Like Kitty should have been a nerd. Why didn't you draw her, like you know? Why didn't you make her seem like a nerd? Yeah. You know, don't make her indistinguishable from all these high school girls. So mean girls shove her into a locker. She's banging on the door. She's trapped in there, which is a real nightmare. Do you ever get uh, stuff in, your well. in, in your in your high school career? Oh. I never had that happen to me. No, <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I was picked on. Instead, instead, uh, men hit me. Okay, so well, so that that's sure. what happened. <laughs> Being stuffed in the locker, I got punched uh, from time to time. So the uh, yeah, it was it was not a not a locker stuffing sitch. My uh, my step cousin um, got turned upside down into a trash can in, in high school one time. Uh, oh, and I was I wasn't there for that. We heard it through the you know the the family grapevine, and pretty much everybody thought it was hilarious, except for the step cousin in question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did when I was get, got picked on in school. I did get a series of wedgies. Okay, so that that did happen to me yeah. as a real thing. Not the atomic wedgie, of course, but the uh, regular ones. Well, I, w- I assume I would not be speaking to you if it was the atomic wedgie. <laughs> no, no, no. I would no longer be here. I'd be <laughs> just like a... You wouldn't have the confidence to podcast. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'd have, I, I have to be podcasting from beyond the grave. Uh, the, um, so, uh, so the uh, uh, at the school, this uh, you have notes as a near-to-well, which I like, um, is spray-painting spray lockers. And the way this guy looks before he talks, for a second, I was like, oh, great, it's Gambit. Yeah, like I, I, had that I really thought, thought. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yes. Um, and uh, as you know, as he sprays by, Kitty hears him, tries to get out, um, and comes through the door and kind of body tackles him, like walks through the door, mm-hmm. um, and gets spray paint on his face. Uh, and 
so he uh uh She's like, he's like, did you see what you just did? And she's like, I just got out. He's like, no, you walked through the wall. I'm just like you. Um, and he uses his power. We're going to find out this is Avalanche. I really don't like how Avalanche's eyes roll back in his head whenever he uses his powers. <laughs> well, he's got a, it's a really <laughs> tiny thing. It looks so stupid. He's got, he's got an um, OG is where way there, Gary. That's the, I mean, he's, yeah. just, he's just <laughs> rolling about to get that good, good mind footage. You know what I'm saying? He's in the spirit yeah. bank right now. <laughs> but but he does so and shakes all the lockers and they all open uh through this and she's and like oh this is a cheap this is a cheap power yeah <laughs> good job good guy uh gene yeah, could do this like w- wait till gene gets her phoenix powers right and like she could do that from rocky in the w- rocky world cancel uh, season five but she uh but she's not impressed kitty's not impressed and she's just like you're a freak and i want you to leave me alone and just runs away and then he has this line of like you can run but you can't hide because i'm gonna rock your world and i'm like excuse me you don't know her name dog (laughs) avalanche in this is really weird because like he's definitely being a creeper he's a piece of shit creeper right he also again like tantalizing hints that this is gonna be a more sophisticated or, or good show than initially seems when he's making the argument to her later, like we'll get to it. I was like, this is cool. Like this, yeah. this makes sense as a character. Like I actually like this. This is a compelling argument for the brotherhood of evil mutants, which you don't hear very often. Right. Mm-hmm. But him being like, I'm going to rock your world. Like this, the, the kind of sexual overtones of this is gross. Yes. Um, so, uh, because of this, uh, kitty arrives late to clat to Jim. She's like, Oh, I had locker trouble. And the mean girls laugh. Yes. Um, um and the, the dude has immediately gone to the roof to spy on her and brought his two uh, henchmen like give me give my two <laughs> shitty friends meet me on the roof yeah. is this persona five is that what's happening right yeah. now in the planet of ice? <laughs> <laughs> um so the henchmen are there and they want to break into the principal's office to get some test answers uh and they're just like why don't you just put a hole to, to get in avalanche they don't call him avalanche uh and he's like well then they would know that i was there and they would change the test answers and i was like what are the fucking stakes for using mutant powers in this world? <laughs> like, not that if, you would arrest you him a, and be you, sent to like science yeah. academy to get dissected or anything. <laughs> Why aren't you going to a black site? Where is William Stryker? Like, <laughs> like, if you earthquake a hole in the roof of this, they might change the test answers. <laughs> Excuse me. Like, what are this goddamn stakes? X Men Evolution. They're killing me. This is this are killing me. This also like getting the test answers feels like a very 1980s like you know not rom com but like a like a, a comedy movie right like a like a high school comedy. Oh movie. yeah, like it feels so dumb. Like is he gonna pop in the the women's locker to you and get like two seconds of boob shot on the screen because it's 1984 yeah. and that's what they needed to do? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> bow, bow. <laughs> um yeah he has he has the idea like oh that girl down there has like you know she can phase through things i mean he doesn't say that but like i'm gonna use her to get me into that uh get to that room Mm -hmm. uh meanwhile the girls are having to do the long jump which is not something i ever did in high school but sure whatever whatever uh and she's not good at it and gets made fun of for not being very good at it (laughs) One of the girls like, let me show you how to do the long jump, like an overall like mic drop way. I'm like, that's very specific. <laughs> um, <laughs> Look, some um, people only have one thing, Gary. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, some it's some people jumping. pretend to be smart on the internet and some people can do a long jump. That's, the, that's their in, thing. In high school, the most popular girls are the ones that could long jump. Um, so she goes to do the long jump, but Avalanche, his eyes roll back in his head and he causes like a rift. To his eyes roll back and his on, hand goes into his pocket. <laughs> yeah, his pocket. And uh, his, the, through the power of his mighty uh, quickgasm, like, causes a rift in the ground, which, like, knocks this girl on her ass and pulls, pulls a big pile of sand on her. Yep. Or puts a big pile of sand on her, which is very weird. It's very specific. I didn't know he had this level of control. I do this kind of bank shot. Yeah. You know? uh, who, who, who like what is a mutant power right now? Like what? What? It, like, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It took me a while to figure out know. that this was Avalanche. Actually, like it took me till they actually said, like I think I looked it up and it was like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, like what powers is he showing me here? Because like opening lockers and then also like moving some sand around. I just had no idea. I was like, was he? Is he a telekinetic dude? Like who the fuck is this? Guy? Yeah. Yep. 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 Um. So, uh, so he does so, and he kind of winks at her, like, "Hey, I, I'm, I'm the enemy of your enemy is my enemy, so we are friends." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, you've got the notes here, and this, 
This is not a helpful note, Jeremy. Um, I I looked away from the screen and Kitty had some sort of incident with a bowl of fruit. Period. It's, tr- it's Jean true. Shows it's what up happens. And asks, She's all right. <laughs> I looked. I like looked down at something. Like my phone buzzed, and I looked back up, and like there's a bowl of fruit on the floor, and she's holding a banana, and I'm like, I'm not gonna fucking rewind this. <laughs> I'm just gonna write the notes. It's 23 minutes I'm spending on this episode, Gary. Plus notes. <laughs> this is a lot of work. <laughs> So just so this is bonfire side chat. So you know, I'm, I'm not going to do any research. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn! Just listeners, just so you know, something happened with fruit. <laughs> Some sort of and incident. Then, we don't know what it is. Yeah, the, uh, the spaghetti squash incident. The um. So so uh, uh, Jean Grey. You know, Jean Grey's asked. She's all right. And they're having the like. You know, you have a gift. It's a curse. No, it's a gift. Actually, it's only a curse if you want it to be. Look at my power. And she. Uh, puts the uh oh this is when they go to the theater because there's a there's a is it right because this is where uh kitty takes a mask from the wall like an african mask puts it on her face and jean goes there's no need for masks <laughs> i thought that, I thought that was a little bit later but yeah yeah that, okay. that definitely happened that might happen she has the same conversation with her twice yes uh, or yeah. variations on it and, um, I, and I could, it's very weird that could be where the fruit came from this could be chekhov's fruit so i, I don't know maybe, yeah, maybe it is this could be some, some prop fruit it. yeah um but yeah, Kitty just freaks out. Like she's she's not ready to to. She's Jean does her like telekinetic thing, and Kitty's like, "You're a freak too. I'm out of here." Um, yeah. And and Lance gets Jean to go away, and then goes to Lance's uh, avalanche. Lance's avalanche. Yes. Gotcha. Sorry. Um, yeah. Again, I did not know at this point in my notes that it was avalanche. no. no I just I was clarifying for listeners. Sure. Sure. Like, yeah. We just I think we referred to him as a near dwell earlier. So, um, which is I mean, you know, that's probably one. He doesn't. He never does well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Bayside, the Bayville near dwell. Um. And uh, so he goes. Avalanche goes to chase down Kitty and, and to and to, and to make friends, and it works. Like he's he kind of does the the opposite thing of Gene of, of like, yeah, you're different, yeah. and you're just like me, but that's okay. And like, it, but it happens to work this time. Like she's feeling pretty pretty sensitive. The specific thing he says that I really like again that is like a cogent philosophy for the Brotherhood. He says like the only way to survive is if you accept what they say about you, which is that you are a freak, like you are a monster, and live with it. You know, be it's you know, be the thing that they think you are, be the thing that they hate, yes. right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and and he says something really good where he says something like, um, "No one, like, I can't remember what it is, like, no one's ever gonna control you unless you let them, or something like that, like, unless you you decide to." And it's like, I don't, you know, agree with that as a philosophy personally, but it is a philosophy people have in real life. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this feels like a teenage viewpoint, you know, yeah. and you get kind of shadows of like maybe the show this will turn into, hopefully where it actually handles that teenness pretty well. Cause I was like, this is a very good like teen nihilism, like bender from the breakfast club kind of attitude. Like if you're going to treat me like a piece of shit criminal, I'm going to be a piece of shit criminal. Go fuck yourself. You know, you don't, you don't own me. Like, and I, I thought that was good. Like I was like, Oh, this is actually pretty good. Like for this guy being sexual, it's nasty, but his actual philosophy and stuff I think is cool. Um, you think Avalanche is reading like some sort of version of Catcher in the Rye that like Magneto wrote back in the 1960s or something? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. so, 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 that Magneto wrote in order to kill the rest of the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> the Catcher in the Rye two, three, and four. Get the rest of them. The, the Catcher in the Rye universe, the, the movie series. <laughs> The CCU. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah. we just call it the crew, Gary. It's just the crew. <laughs> yeah, it's time for the crew. The, uh, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, something like that though. He's got very like Catcher in the Rye vibes, mm-hmm. you know, for this. And and I and I like it. and and the Bender stuff. Like he's wearing the jean jacket. Like it makes me think of Bender. Gotcha. Um, um, yeah. So Jean calls into Xavier, who uh, tells her like you have to keep following Jean. Uh, excuse me, Kitty. Uh, no matter what the obstacle and then he they hang up and there's this there's this weird i guess this is a funny joke is what they were going for this is this is a joke about wheelchairs yeah like this is supposed to be funny like like he's on top of the like okay number one how did he get up here like to make this joke funny like did like what wheel like why and why didn't he get down the same way but like he's at the top of a set of stairs and looking down like and sometimes these obstacles can can be difficult and i'm like i i don't like it's it's wor- it's worse than that. Like it's something like so. In my memory, and this could be wrong. I haven't, you know, I, I watched it, but I also, I too have had the sin of looking at my phone while watching the show. Um, I thought he was at the bottom of the stairs, and I thought he said something like, "Some obstacles can't be solved with mutant powers" or something. Like I th- I, it's not just like you know the, there are bad obstacles. He says something about like specifically contrasting 
obstacles that you can solve through through heroics, basically, and obstacles that you can't solve through wheels. You know, it's very weird. It is very weird. And if it's supposed to be a comedy thing, the the beats are all wrong. Like the timing and music and everything does not make it seem like it's supposed to be funny to me. Yeah, this is this this is no good. Um, yeah, bizarre. Uh, if you if you've already forgotten about our B plot, I would not blame you. But we're going back to it now, yeah. where Scott and Kurt are chasing Wolverine. Um, they lose him, and then they stop the car and look up, and he's just on top of a parking garage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Sabretooth like busts through some concrete on his motorcycle, and uh, and I'll, I'm going to give credit to Autumn on this one. She was like, "Why is there a flag on the back of Sabretooth's <laughs> bike?" And I'm like, "I do not know. <laughs> I like, have no idea why there's a, just a giant like bicycle flag, like you would do if you were you know 12 or 13 and j- running around um, Derry, Maine, <laughs> being in a Stephen King novel. I just so fucking random to have this thing on the back of a motorcycle." Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he also has a huge rat tail. Yes, that's hanging off the yeah. back the back of his head, which I I think is uh, very funny. We've seen such things before. I used to have a rat uh, tail, here. Gary. I don't I don't know if I can confess that to you publicly or not, but I definitely rocked the rat tail when I was in, in like middle school or something. It was terrible. I definitely believe that. Yeah. I've seen that picture of you with the mustache and stuff. Like yeah, like I mean, the the terrible the version of you now doesn't go back there, but like that is the middle step. <laughs> So, um, Sabretooth um, like tries to run Wolverine down. Wolverine chops off the front tire, which sends Sabretooth flying over the edge of the uh, parking garage and directly on top of uh, Scott Summers' cool car. So Scott's yeah. going to have to do some extra dishes to my earn allowance, his, <laughs> yeah, to, to, to get his next car. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and then Sabretooth still wants to fight and stuff, and starts throwing cars at Wolverine and says, "says this one must perish by the other's hand. It is our destiny." Hmm. And then Wolverine says something like, I don't believe in that philosophy crap. And I was like, what, whole, you know, what is this? Like, this is, this, that's dumb. That doesn't sound like Sabretooth. Yeah. I don't, what is this destiny shit? Was this, was this like, something from the comics? Like this rang a bell with me where like, uh, for a while it felt like Sabretooth and Wolverine were like locked in some sort of weird battle where like one of them had to kill the other or something because of some prophecy or something, but I could literally just be making that shit up. Like there's, there's so much X-Men jumbled around in my brain that I I really don't know. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think so. Um, it does not, does not sound like it to me. Okay. So, um, maybe I don't remember. Um, regardless, which caught, uh, Scott and Kurt show up to distract Sabretooth. Sabretooth gets away in an elevator and Wolverine is like, Hey, stay out of my business. You know, don't don't go fighting murder knife people. Yeah, uh, <laughs> That's, you guys are fucking like 16 years old. Please don't yeah. follow me around the city when I'm driving <laughs> in your sports car. I go to strip like, clubs. Why are all you not being supervised? Yeah. Is there why not a not, rule at this? Why are you not at school? Kitty's at school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking truancy X. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, um, oh, speaking of Kitty, Kitty uh, meets up with Lance um, and says, "Like, uh, how do you how do you control your power and stuff?" Um, and he kind of helps her with this, um, which helps her break into that office. And she's really excited about it. Um, and while this is happening outside, Kitty's parents are meeting up with Jean, uh, who's in full uniform yes. with Xavier. And I love her her parents stonewalling her about this. Like, they're just like, please let us in and we can talk um, about uh, last night. And it's like, how do you the fuck do you know about last night? Last night is none of your business. <laughs> yeah, stay the fuck weirdos. out of my life. What are, you, what are you doing? Yeah, are you digging through our trash? Like, what are you doing? Like I want to. Um, do you know about this? I want. I want to take a quick step back too, because when Avalanche like shows Kitty how to use her powers, that's the most mutant education we've seen in this show so far. It's from <laughs> fucking Avalanche, <laughs> Professor Avalanche. <laughs> <laughs> Small crimes um, and petty yeah. misdemeanors is, is his professor yeah. is his class at the X Mansion <laughs> or at yeah. the Brotherhood yeah. of Evil. Um, yeah. But yeah, I also like Kitty's parents being like, who the fuck are you? How do you know our business? Like, please leave us alone. None of this has to do anything with you. Uh, and eventually they just leave. They're like, okay, we're going to go try to find Kitty. Yeah. Um, so Lance wants to seal the answers and change people's grades in there. But Kitty's like, oh, this was for this? Like, I thought you were teaching me something. This is just a cheat. Like, I feel shitty. And Lance is like, well, these tests are like a way that they're keeping us down, man. Like, this is the, the test. It's standardized test or bullshit. <laughs> Uh, and it's, you know, it's some teen horse shit logic. Yeah. Uh, but I love that he pulls it out because that, that feels real uh, to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kitty's dad uh, barges in at this point because they're they're looking for Kitty. Kitty's been missing. We uh, I think we forgot to mention that. 
or hasn't shown up when she was supposed to. So of course they go to uh, the principal's office first. <laughs> yeah, she's probably in trouble. Um, so Avalanche tosses a bookshelf on him, uh, grabs Kitty, and uh, breaks down a wall to get away. Yes, to try to. Um, this is when her dad has this moment of, uh, "I'm I'm sorry, I didn't mean to force you into this life." Uh, or into any of these mm. decisions, like I, I don't think that you're a bad person, and all this other stuff, which feels uh, a, a bit unearned, but also like, yeah, yeah, but but also fine. Like I just like it was it was kind of over emotional compared to what I was expecting. We just didn't get enough build up for it, and if they had taken that time and cut out that Wolverine subplot, mm-hmm. we would have right. Like her parents never came off of abusive as abusive. I thought they were pretty understandably confused. But I can imagine a version like the beginning step and the last step are good. It's just the middle that's missing. It's a very Game of Thrones season eight kind of thing. Uh-oh. The uh, where like you know I I like the idea of him eventually kind of changing because you know we're so used to like just a bigoted parent in the X Men universe. You know that is just like kind of monolithically bigoted, and him kind of realizing like no you know maybe I was wrong. I actually kind of like as a beat. Yeah, even if it wasn't totally earned. Um. So at this point, uh, Avalanche kind of starts losing his mind a little bit. He literally starts tearing this entire school apart uh, and then uh, drags Kitty outside. But of course, she she phases and he gets real mad at her and drops a just a ton of rocks on her, which seems like an escalation here. Like you just Mm -hmm. you just like tore a school down and tried to kill a young woman because she wouldn't walk outside with you for some reason. Like, hang on. By the time. By the time Xavier is done with the school, they're going to think that it was a school for propane tanks. <laughs> like there were so many propane tanks. <laughs> There's like a whole class. In it or it's something. like Hank. In the, uh, Hank uh, is it Hank Hill? Hank on the Hill? Or what's uh, Hank, Hank Hill? King of the Hill. King of the Hill. Yeah. But it's like propane yeah. and propane related explosions. That's like the name of yeah. Xavier's like go to. <laughs> <laughs> he shows up wearing a fake mustache in a van. I can't believe I couldn't remember <laughs> King of the Hill. Jesus Christ, what's wrong with me? Yeah, Hank of the Hill. Hank of it's um, Hank of the Hill, everybody. <laughs> Hello. Bye, Hank. Um, yeah, <laughs> goodbye. Um, <laughs> so, uh, as as I say, he's destroying the school. Xavier tells Jean and says, "Like, keep keep her mind clear, you know, to help and use her power to save everyone." It really feels like Xavier should have stepped in at this point and maybe like made the avalanche go to sleep, yeah, just or, or frozen you know, time he, or any one of a number yeah. of things that Xavier's abilities allow him to do. I was trying to think of why he might not be. And I think that the only hand wave I can think of is that he wants them to learn for themselves. Like it's a weird throwing them into the pool kind of thing, but I don't, you know, I don't know. I think this Real is, people might be. Honestly, I think this is way more dangerous than throwing somebody into a pool. <laughs> this is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. is the pool full of sharks and poison water? Did Wolverine design this pool? Is that what's happening? <laughs> no one will swim through our pool. People keep getting into the pool entrance. Is the pool full of other avalanches? Is that what's happening? <laughs> uh, uh, everybody's trapped because even though uh, Gene can create this like you know, dome protective dome using her telekinesis. She's she's still trapped underneath this. But uh, Kitty rolls through and is able to phase everyone through the rubble. Um, and everybody's mm-hmm. super good friends now. Um, and I have this yeah. note in here, is, except the people that good. were in the theater arts building, which is where they were. <laughs> because yep. yeah, like if there was literally anybody else at this school, like they did. <laughs> there were the actual reality of, of Bayville is that uh, a lot of people wake up one day with no memory of having a kid, but a fully decorated kid's room. <laughs> Oh, because Xavier rolls through town, like <laughs> just like erasing his kids' murder mistakes uh, from the high school. So it's just it's it's like a thief simulator when you go through all you break into people's houses and they all have children's rooms, but there are no children in the game. Super it's it's weird. just like that. Yeah, that's that's yeah. very strange. Yeah. Um, yeah. After our epilogue to this is Avalanche being confronted by uh, Raven Darkholm, who's like, "Hey, you just destroyed your school." Uh, why don't you come hang out in mine and, and we're going to yep. name you avalanche from now on because of your powers. And he's like, sure lady I've never met before. I don't have any parents to sign any transfer paperwork, but yeah, let's do it. I'll go to this other high school. Yep. yep. And now you are mine. Yeah. Um, so again, this everybody, both sides got a recruit in both of these episodes. Um, next episode that uh, we're talking about, uh, this is called rogue recruit written by Stephen E. Gordon. Uh, Craig Kyle and Greg Johnson. Just to, just to correct you, um, it's directed, and, directed. Then, and then written by. So, yeah. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, aired on November 18th, year 2000. Rogue Recruit. Uh, powers emerge! After being kept in the dark about her powers for years, a young female mutant touches a fellow student and absorbs his strength and his memories and his life. 
afraid and confused and unable to differentiate her memories from the absorbed. Okay. So dot, dot so also ends in a weird, line. the official fan wiki. Number one has spelling errors all over the place. And number two has terrible <laughs> summary. So I'm going to have to get these from different places. Apparently <laughs> I did not realize that when I was just copying and pasting and not reading the descriptions whatsoever. So my bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. yeah. So th- um, we start out at a, uh, basically like a high school dance club which i was never cool enough to do uh and never cool enough to go into and even if i had had cool friends that tried to get me to do this i would have been terrified to do it because i would have felt like i was not cool enough to be dancing with anybody so yeah uh Mm -hmm. and like this weird 2000 era rock music with full lyrics for some reason is playing and rogue uh and i like rogue's design you mentioned this in the, the the first episode of our evolution coverage but uh rogue is is full goth and she looks pretty cool. I'm kind of into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is a good interpretation. And that, that's what Rogue would act like. You yes. know, like her power of all the X-Men is definitely one of the ones that is the most curse. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and her, you know, she's always set up in Cyclops in contrast to Cyclops who like learned to manage it and her who couldn't, you yes. know, she's the tragic kind of version of that. And it would make sense that she would go goth. Uh, we- um, we meet Cody yeah. uh, along with his unnamed uh, best friend who is encouraging Cody and his redneck accent to go and talk to rogue because he's been kind of obsessing about her later lately. And he doesn't even know her name yet. Uh, yeah. Eventually he, he goes over and kind of awkwardly ask her to dance and she's like, no, I'm just kind of here. Actually, you know what? Sure. I'll, I'll go dance. What could it hurt? One dance, yeah. uh, which is kind of uh, cool. Like that's, you know, that's, that's like, you could tell he's like, he's let down when she says no at first. And she kind of feels like, Oh, well, I mean, this guy has, sweet. he's not a shit bag. So maybe I'll just go dance yeah. with him. So, and then then we do a little pan across the whole group dancing, doing their weird like two frame little like yep. do do like dance, which is very funny. I had a uh, um, coworker that um you know we do these like customer events or trade shows or what have you, and it, we you know take customers out or go meet you know other vendors out or or whatever at night. And um, typically it would end up at a karaoke place or someplace playing music and all of these Cajun motherfuckers like to dance. And my coworker, uh, who just to picture this amount, like the most starched jeans you could possibly starch, like, right, like just fucking <laughs> bricks of jeans, giant rodeo belt buckle, big old rodeo, you know, cowboy hat. And he knew like uh, he, he knows the Cajun two step and that's it. <laughs> like, and I, I hung out with this dude for like five years doing these trade shows, like four or five times a year and would watch this dude dance with chicks and like literally just those two that cajun two-step and that was it <laughs> that was all he knew and every time i see something like this i'm like yep that's my buddy kevin <laughs> uh, <laughs> very good um we uh, we cut away from kevin to uh to a, a blind woman sitting on a chair having visions of rogue and sees a rogue touching a boy and like kind of like oh, don't touch him and then we cut back over to the dance floor where Cody has fallen over on Rogue, which well, I don't, can't remember how this happens, but just kind of like, duh. Well, his buddy, his buddy is like, get closer and pushes him. And oh, like, the dude you're just right. Trips That's over what it himself is. And then like, he hip checks him into her, which yeah. is really weird. Thanks, bud. Maybe if they fall on top of each other, they'll start making out. Um, the, uh, Come on, you, that was, that was second base, man. I helped you out with that. Like, dude, I'm in a fucking coma. Thank you. Yeah. Also, we're very in public. We're like, we're, like stop trying to second base people in the middle of the dance floor. You know? Um, the, uh, so she he touches her arm trying to help her up, and uh, they show he, she absorbs her his powers. I do not really like the visual effect on this; it feels cheap. Yes, uh, to me. Um, but uh, she gets uh, his life story and uh, collapses. Uh, he collapses. Um, he's got some am- amnesia, and we go to the intro music. They do these yeah. cold opens in this uh, the show, which I like. And I, I do like that she kind of wakes up and she's like, what am I? Who am I? And there's going to be a yeah, running yeah. like through line of this is when she starts absorbing these powers, she absorbs all of their memories. And, and just, just like you mentioned, like it's a curse, like it's actually causing her identity issues. Like she can't get it straight of who she is in her head, which is very cool to do. And like what was, is otherwise like a relatively cheap X-Men cartoon. Like exploring mm-hmm. that a little bit is, is very cool. Um, we come back from the intro uh, Cody's friend is trying to wake Cody up and rogue just jets and uh, they try to stop her at the door, but she has absorbed Cody's football powers because that's how yeah. powers work <laughs> and just like stiff arms him out of the way. And the guy is like, I thought only Cody had moves like that. And I'm like, man, have you not watched any NFL or yeah, <laughs> I mean, just he, it was a pretty basic, pretty basic tackle. Mississippi's in the when, SEC. Uh, like if, if you're not, if you're not a Mississippi state fan, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> when, Jeremy, when you were young, did you used to make up your own like superheroes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so me, that was a big part of my childhood and my friend Derek, who I've talked about a lot on the network did that as well. And, uh, you know, we, we were kids and we were like showing off our drawings and stuff. And he had a character that was based on an action figure. Uh, he had an action figure that was like a little football action figure that he got. And he had a character he drew a lot named football man, uh, who is basically Cody in this, like a superhero based on doing football stuff. Uh, that was very funny. And I couldn't help but think of like rogue, rogues absorbing football man's powers. That's, that's very funny yeah it was cute all of a sudden like, you can kick a punt 45 yards all right cool yeah <laughs> that'll be useful in combat <laughs> I, w- I would love to have the superpower to run like i can't really do it now like, like, like just a straight cool up speedster able... or just like just uh, like a to maintain no, no, a jog no. for more than five or ten minutes yeah yeah just like a good like a good jog for 10 plus minutes okay. you know <laughs> cool. you can have that superpower for just the the low monthly subscription of walking outside for a little while <laughs> Hey man, I walk outside a lot. It doesn't work. My powers are not taking. My mutant powers aren't activating. Um, I need a bald man to come up and convince me to uh, to do it, or send one of his students to do so. This sounds like an episode of Punked that I cannot wait to pitch to Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> like, have, a, have like somebody pull up in, a, in with sunglasses and a convertible. Be like, hey sport, like the car? Get in. <laughs> Just, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, you want to drive it come with me i never really excuse me <laughs> i never really liked that punk show uh but autumn had me watch an episode of uh where they tried to get neil patrick harris and um mm-hmm. and neil patrick harris like they've got like all of his belongings like strewn out on the ground and like they're trying to make him think he lost his house and he is just the most laid back dude he's like don't worry like ashton's there and he's like don't worry ashton it's cool i'll figure it out like no big deal <laughs> like he's just not taking the bait at all <laughs> fucking it, neil patrick harris is a legend i love that dude that's very funny you think he'd be a good cannonball in the in the future x-men movies oh that's that's interesting like yeah, I think it's like a, like an adult cannonball if they decide not to sure. go for kid cannonball. Yeah, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. Like he looks the part. Yeah, I, I never really thought about no. that until like just now. So yeah, I can I can see it. He has a physical resemblance, mm-hmm. and he's a good actor. Um, um so the blind lady, mm-hmm. uh, we go we go back to this is Destiny. Just so so we don't know that yet, but just so we can refer to her by name, uh, who is also Rogue's mom, is on the phone. Um you know, talking to somebody will later find out to be mystique saying like she did everything she could to stop rogue from finding out her powers. But unfortunately she did. Yeah. And this included, uh, like convincing rogue. She had some sort of skin condition so that she didn't accidentally touch anybody. That's why yeah. rogue is all gothed up with the, with the, with the cool vampire outfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got corrosive skin. Yes. It's not a power though. <laughs> it's not cool. And don't tell yeah. anybody. <laughs> yeah. Please, please keep the secret. The skin secrets. Here's an Anne Rice novel. It'll help you out. <laughs> <laughs> my little lord of the damned my little queen of the damned um so we go back to the expansion where a ninja is sneaking in um so yep uh into the air vents uh storm catches the ninja uh and storm decides to flood the school yeah to stop this ninja and and freeze him and uh uh yeah, of course. Yeah. This is a test. Uh, this was all yes. a uh, set up by Wolverine <laughs> or set up by uh, Xavier. The ninja in question is Wolverine, which we learn because all of his clothes get basically ripped off and like he pops his claws at some point, starts attacking stuff to the point that Xavier has to stop and be like, hey, we can't afford to replace this right now. <laughs> <laughs> please stop. I gave you a $40,000 motorcycle yesterday and you've been at work for two days. Like, please do not destroy <laughs> the danger room. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, him, him hiring a, a security consultant, you know, or having Wolverine do like security consultant work is very weird to me. I don't know. I don't know what, what's so weird, why that's so weird, but it is strange. I've always, I always like that, uh, conceit in a, in a TV show or whatever, when they hire get somebody to break in to prove, you know, to show the weaknesses, like they hire the hacker or the, the, you know, the mm-hmm. guy that used to be the, the, the biggest thief in the world or whatever to show the weaknesses in the security. I am having Wolverine do it. I think is fucking hilarious. Like Wolverine's not necessarily known for his stealthy entrances. And like, it's just very funny to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't, uh, it's a very strange move. The, uh, as, as you know, what are you exactly doing here? Wolverine? Like you're back because of Sabretooth, but like, okay. Like, well now I'll do this while you're here, please. You know, um, while watching this demo, Nightcrawler says the demo, it was like, that was tight. Um, so because it was the year 2000 and if you weren't around in the year yep. 2000 everything was tight hella tight hella tight yeah, hella tight hella tight um yeah uh so wolverine's like hey that was too easy you know specifically the vents let's electrify them or get some poison gas going on 
and uh and everyone nods solemnly uh, thinking about all the dead teenagers and all the uh strange houses with children's rooms but no memories of parents that will happen just picturing uh, uh toad future. showing up just like a couple of weeks after this instead of before yeah, this and being like oh there's there's toad yep. he's dead now yeah what happens if to- like to- toad falls in our human-sized bug zapper truly uh, the, storm says like you know, maybe not murder gas <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, maybe not murder gas maybe knockout gas uh so um kitty's a little freaked out by this mm-hmm. you know we get there and a nightcrawler teleports into her room to try to make her feel better but she runs away and kitty is sad she's like oh i thought you know maybe she's not into my type and stuff and this is like a nice little thing from the comics like this you know kitty being scared of kurt uh was like the beginning of their friendship yeah like they're great friends in the comics this is how it started adding the little romantic angle like i i kept thinking like kurt show a little self-awareness like you you've only had the image inducer for a couple days like you know well he's know. and he's full blue in this at this point yeah too. exactly like, yeah and, he's not and teleporting around with a thing of popcorn like he's coming on a little yeah. too strong right like i'm glad that he's having fun but also he shouldn't just be like you know i'm gonna flood all the basements in school yeah you know mm-hmm. like that that's for storm to do the um <laughs> so, so, like, uh uh, Xavier shows up and says, we need the whole crew. He says something like, um, he's like, I'm going to need the full X-Men because it's the weekend. <laughs> no compunction about pulling these kids out of school yeah. before, but I guess, yeah. I don't know, you think it's yeah. Memorial Day weekend? And he's like, we got four days. We got to go find all the mutants. <laughs> yeah, we got to hurry up because sometimes school is important. Yeah. Um, um, and he says they have to go to Mississippi to find, uh, I think he, this is where he says, like, we've got a rogue or something. And it's real yeah. fucking hammy. Uh and but they, yeah. they they need to go to Mississippi to find her because she's discovered her powers and she's causing some problems. And we see this these scenes of Rogue running away and like people having to drive off the road to avoid her. And, and she's just she's just freaking out. Um, mm-hmm. And then we go to mm-hmm. the Blackbird uh, taking off from the X Mansion and Kurt's driving it <clears throat> under Cyclops's direct supervision and doing a pretty good job of it, considering he's probably only done this like three times before. So yay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love this little detail where uh, Cyclops says that he logged their flight plan with the FAA. <laughs> it's just yeah. like w- number one, like that's pure fucking Cyclops. Like that's so fucking yeah, yeah. hysterical. But number two, like what are mutants in this world? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who are the X? Like, we're going to take our experimental super jet uh, on this flight. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, hold on. The first part of that. Can you say that again? Like, <laughs> you're going to take your what on this uh, this flight plan? Can Uh-oh. you can you show me like who your pilot's license and Kurt's in the background? Like, I did it yesterday. Yeah. Well, 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 sir, uh, our pilot is 15. Um, he is a mutant. Over. You know, just like hold, hold, wait a minute. <laughs> like, <laughs> Mr. Like, FAA has a lot of problems with this. This, yeah, this is the air traffic control is going to have a uh, an issue. Yep, uh, with this. We get some um, uh, teenage drama where uh, Kitty tells Gene that Cyclops is super cute. And Gene is like, well, not really. But I guess if you look at him, kind of he is. And Kurt hears this and gets upset that nobody's paying attention to his blue furry ass. So it's like, I'm going mm-hmm. to teleport outside the plane and do a dance for everybody. Because he's the most awkward he teenager on the, the show. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's an extremely weird teenager. Um, but of course, he almost blows off because it is a supersonic experimental jet. Uh, that's that's flying into the future so he teleports back and lands on kitty's lap which he he controls where to teleport it's not an accident uh but she gets mad and, and says to stay away from her um mystique is taking a private jet to meet with rogue's mom irene aka destiny uh demands to know uh you know kind of what happened and is very mad that she lost rogue they clearly have a previous relationship and says it's very important that we find rogue and it's even more important that xavier not find her you know um so irene says no she's actually heading home or what she thinks is home uh from there uh xavier takes the x-men to the hospital and um instead of like going into the hospital and just like examining himself he says oh i got to get somebody on the inside and convinces gene to dress up like a nurse and like go pretend to like take care of cody and you know cody's friend is there's like is he gonna be okay and gene's like oh he's gonna be fine just let me hold my hand on his head so that xavier can use his telepathic powers to get in this dude's brain like jesus fucking christ gene gray is child nurse like terrifying yeah, it, very, very, very strange. He's like playing Hitman with his X Men. 
Um, okay. In- okay. 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 I'm, I'm, <laughs> we finally found it. This is the perfect X Men. Like, if you want to set up a Hitman game based on the X Men, I am kind of here for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, you finish the level once and you unlock Wolverine, and you're like, "How the fuck am I going to do this?" <laughs> you finish Paris like without getting detected, and you unlock Teenage Cyclops. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> A bunch of kids are doing challenge runs where it's teenage cyclops only. The, uh, <laughs> there's a TCO run. Uh, we call this the door skip. Um, <laughs> we call this the not gene uh, maneuver. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we go back to the house. Uh, Rogue is going to Cody's house. That's what she thinks is home. Yes. Uh, she's in Cody's room. She's very confused and starts thrashing the place. Yes. Uh, and uh, this is where Mystique puts her plan in motion, which is basically to yep. pretend to be the X-Men so that she can scare Rogue into not hanging out with the X-Men. And she starts with Wolverine, who just uh, and she just bursts into the to the room and just basically starts attacking her. Uh, Rogue picks up a, a random board in Cody's room. This is room, something, man. And then yeah. Wolverine howls, or I guess Mystique howls like she yeah. thinks Wolverine does. Does. Uh, like a little, a woo! Like, <laughs> You know I'm going to be cutting that bad boy into the podcast, yeah. man. Like, it's got to go. <laughs> like, it has to happen. It's real Fuck, This like a weird, oh. And I'm like, excuse I, I just, me? I, I really love if that's what Mystique thinks Wolverine is. <laughs> like, the, I hate Xavier. He's got all those weird things. The the weather lady, the dog boy, <laughs> a bunch of teens. <laughs> I don't like any of them. A girl prettier than any girl that I can turn into, and I'm a shapeshifter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's also a nurse oh. somehow? Where did she have time to go to nursing school? Um, one of the things I like about this, though, because I, I, I don't really, really like this episode, is Mystique is uh, kind of doing like a psyop against, like, she's framing the X-Men. Yeah, this. this is good. Like, they make, yeah, this is cool. Like, this is a cool use of Mystique's powers, and she has not really been directly in play yet. You know, having two episodes of her just being like, ah, yes, things are going according to plan was kind of dumb. And now that she's actually using her extremely good power for recruiting mutants, rather than just being like, I'm evil, join me. Yes. You know, which is what she was doing before. Like, this actually makes tons of sense. And it's because, like, we, we've seen a little bit in her conversation with Destiny of, like, Rogue is important to her, like, in a way that to- yes. in, in a way that Toad wasn't. So, like, she's not just yeah. going to pretend to be a big scary bad to convince him to do something weird. She's actually, like, taking the time to do the PSYOP plan. Uh, yep. Rogue runs away. Mystique turns into Storm to chase her. Uh, meanwhile, in just a back alley somewhere, Wolverine, Kitty, and Kurt are just <laughs> looking in trash cans for a teenage girl, which Wolverine... <laughs> Have you met yep. any teenage girls? <laughs> like, what do you think uh, is going on in these back alleys and the trash cans that teenage girls would hang out in? I don't really understand it either. Um, the uh, Mystique chases uh, Rogue. She's as as Storm mm-hmm. uh, in order to run to Irene, but Rogue is super confused by this, of course. Yes. And uh, then Rogue sees the real Wolverine and is scared, of course, because uh, that's who, attack- uh, who attacked her. And Kurt says, I'll give it a try. I love Wolverine's line of don't mess it up, capiche. And I'm like, what what yeah. what, capiche. what what are you using the word capiche for, Wolverine? Like what movies are <laughs> you watching? <laughs> are yeah. you are you yeah. really that much into the Sopranos right now? Like turn that fucking shit off. <laughs> like Gava Ghoul, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> what you got no fucking Z D, Kurt Wagner? <laughs> um So Wolverine says, Hey, but actually use your nice face. Uh, so he activates his uh, his Im- in- image inducer, and Kurt uh, talks to Rogue and tries to, to become friends, you know, uh, with her. Like t- attempts to try to recruit her, and it and it's working, um, and probably would be pretty successful. Except uh, Wolverine had told Kitty, like, "Hey, Pipsqueak," like or whatever, some some sort of diminutive insult. Like, go keep an eye out on Kurt. And she's so insulted by this, she feels like she has to overcompensate by tackling rogue which of course puts her in contact with rogue which of course uh you know has like weird uh oh no i'm sorry she she tackles rogue and rogue falls into kurt's arm and the kurt and now rogue has kurt powers and can speak german and deactivates his device yes and turns him into a demon which uh he gets passed out and rogue is scared as hell yes uh and because she's taking his power she starts teleporting around um, the graveyard and it's the, this is that scene i mentioned in the first episode it's very cheap it's just like little still shots of her like doing poses also in the graveyard also oh, oh yeah they're in a graveyard for some reason yeah <laughs> like this came out of fucking nowhere yep the graveyards of mississippi um eventually she she teleports on this bench and, and breaks it uh kitty's like feels guilty about this i feel like kitty was under motivated in this um you know it, it's just real weird thing because i thought like she tackles her 
if Kitty was into Kurt's like coming on to her, this would make sense because maybe she'd be a little jealous too, you know. But as is, I just kind of was like, why is she doing this flying tackle? Like Kitty felt very undermotivated at this point to me. Oh, I thought it was strictly uh, because Wolverine kind of insulted her a little bit and like kind of. But the action relation there is real weird. Like Wolverine insulted her, and then she's going to tackle Kitty Pride instead of keeping an eye on him. Like I don't really get the relation between those two actions. To, I guess to tackle to tackle Rogue, not Kitty Pride, or tackle Rogue. Yeah, rather, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, I'm with you. Like it, it kind of worked for me in, the, in like weird cartoon <laughs> logic. But, but yeah, it doesn't. But she also like this. This is going to be the moment where she turns around on Kurt. And it's like, oh, I almost killed you. Maybe I should be friendly to you now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of I guess the 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 idea of what they're trying to do. She's trying to work Kurt up and wake Kurt up, and she's worried that she he died. Um, she's like, I need to talk to Xavier telepathically to save him. Um, and uh, she does, and I love how when she talks to Xavier, it's like screaming. Yes, for some reason, it's like really too loud for Xavier. <laughs> He's like, like I don't shut the t- ah, dial geez. it down, get it, goddamn. Say it, don't spray it, like, boy. <laughs> No, it's very weird. I like um, I like this because it shows that number one, uh, how irresponsible it is to bring a fifteen-year-old girl who has had no training on her mutant powers and give her a uniform and like make her a superhero team, but also to have not trained her in any way to communicate with your team leader. <laughs> like, there's just mm-hmm. been no education process right, at all. Like, there's no, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no introductory program to be an X Man. You're just an X Man now, and you're on a fucking Blackbird going to Mississippi. Like, that's there's no mm-hmm. in between. Nope, you get nothing. So, uh, yeah, uh, at this point, Xavier also, when he's looking for rogue, he notices that he doesn't find Cody, you know? So it's like, okay, well it's temporary, you know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not something where she keeps the powers permanently. So, yeah. Uh, which is useful. Uh, Mystique shows up at the graveyard, uh, but before she can talk to Rogue, Jean shows up. And so Mystique hides Mm -hmm. behind a very tall, uh, gravestone. And, uh, and Jean talks to Rogue and kind of the same way she did with Kitty in the last episode, right? Like, you're, you know, you have powers, I have powers. Here's a communicator, which you can use to communicate with me at any time. Um, and then as, as they're standing there, Storm and Cyclops shows up. And of course, she's been chased away by somebody that looks like Storm before, so she runs away. And then Cyclops tries to chase her and just falls directly face first into the mud, which is just a weird moment of this for me. And I kind of dig it. Like he just falls men face fall first. down a lot in this. Yeah. Like yeah, it's, just, it's, it's weird. Like, and you know, not, not saying that in like a Stephen Molyneux way, I'm not complaining about it. I just mean like, it's just weird that people just fall. I know it happens in real life, but it, it usually happens for plot reasons in fiction. Mm-hmm. You know, here it just kind of falls. Yeah. I, I figured this um, would, I figured we'd get like a, like a joke out of Jean for this to show like a, mm-hmm. like, Oh, like, you know, I thought you were cute, but you know, you're, you're just as goofy as ever. Scott Summers or something like that to kind of show like they were forming a little bit more of a relationship than they've had before besides just yelling at each other for being in the bathroom too long. But no, no, he just falls down no. and like gets up and then just like moves along. <laughs> well, that was weird. And then stands up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very weird. Uh, Kitty's still trying to get Kurt to wake up and this music, you know, again, there's, you haven't noticed it sounds like Don Henley and like, yeah, the music is such real weird in the background, but I, I want to skip back that, skip past that to my favorite part of this episode, where uh, Rogue is in a mausoleum, and Cyclops Mystique turns into Cyclops to chase him, and is just walking in this mausoleum, just fucking owning urns full of ashes, <laughs> like just knocking down every grandma that he can see, from Grandma A to Grandma Z. <laughs> like, <laughs> just like psh, knocking over all these vases and i just i love it so much it's very funny to me it's it's extremely funny yeah it's yeah. just just knocking them over like it could not be any more disrespectful uh, if you could have tried um, yeah she she mystique is obviously acting aggro with cyclops and rogue runs away into the real cyclops and then he she yep. pushes him down and like, this is Cyclops. Number one weakness is to be pushed down because his glasses come loose <laughs> and she shoots yep. a fucking power line t- tower or some shit. Uh, and then she teleports away, uh, and, but she teleports herself into, into the, the sky. sky and she can't, yeah. and she's falling and she has to like teleport down to the ground real quick. And she still lands pretty hard because she doesn't really know how to teleport. Yep. Uh, storm shows up at this point, reaches out for rogue uh, and rogue absorbs her powers, which this isn't great. Starts losing control and destroying the place. Like you know, uh, Storm is the one you don't want to have. You know, an uncontrolled person using their powers. Yes. Um, a, a power line is going to fall in the water where Storm is lying after she gets knocked out. Uh, Jean and Cyclops go to save her. Rogue eventually teleports away, and the sky's clear. Like you can just tell she's 
absolutely out of her mind. Like she has all these different overlapping personalities. It's a real bad day. Yeah. For her. And and well, I would think well represented as well. Like if you if you dropped yeah. all this shit onto a teenage girl with with no context, like she she would freak out a little bit. Like that she has no idea yeah. what's going on. And it this all seems it even seems not, not, I'm not gonna say scary, but like I can imagine watching this as a teenager and being like, "Oh shit!" Like that—that's—that's that's not a good situation for Rogue to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um. So the rest of the team shows up. Um. And Xavier at this point kind of puts it together, like maybe somebody else is chasing Rogue. I don't know why he doesn't use his mind powers, but he, uh, you know, he kind of figures out. And Wolverine smells Mystique. Motherfucker, you there. have Cerebro. Like you. <laughs> You picked yep. up a 15 year old girl's dreams. Like you can't find out about yep. mystique. <laughs> like, please, you couldn't have put on this helmet and just did this all remotely. <laughs> you know, this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. You got a fucking helmet that does this work. Dude. Where's the team viewer for fucking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't determine her age. Her birth certificate is inaccurate. I can't find the right setting. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Kurt wakes up and Kitty's very happy about that. She hugs Kurt. And this is where they, uh, you know, they, they they start making friends and Scott looks over and is like, nice, bro. Is that what he says? Like he said, like it's, it's a weird moment because he like mouths something to him and yeah. I could not tell what the fuck it was. Animation never does that for a good reason. <laughs> yeah. <You> yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to read an animation's lips. Like that, lips, that doesn't, yeah. it's not, a they don't thing. actually have lips. It's just kind of this weird open mouth thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, I got the, the vibe of like, yeah, yeah, but not, you know, I don't know what, what he says exactly second base bro yeah second base bros hey buddy um we go back to cody cody's okay for all those cody stands out there yep just so you know that he's doing all right um he's not and he's then, not possessed by a weird alien hellbent on taking over <laughs> the x-men stealing their powers and giving them pregnant so oh uh, oh yeah oh man old, old cody huh <laughs> yeah love it um and then we go back to mystique uh, as the principal wrote welcoming rogue to school and uh and and magneto appears again uh playing with some paper clips and says it's good that we recruited her she'll be a great addition to the team nothing spookier than a handful of paper clips just you know yep <laughs> just circling if around i were, if I were magneto that's all i would do like everything metal around me would be fidgeted with the entire world would be my fidget spinner oh absolutely if I was magneto. yeah yeah it just it's that scene out of um I think it's the first X Men where he's got the uh, inertia balls or whatever going just yeah. yeah 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 that's that's all badass um, I'd be constantly be doing that yeah th- these two episodes are good like it's it's obviously slower paced uh, like we're not mm-hmm. we're not fighting any villains uh, Sentinels have not attacked in the first two episodes or anything like that like we're slowly but surely introducing the the cast and like the powers and like the the people of what we're going to be doing so it definitely feels slower paced but like especially this Rogue episode I think is is pretty solid like this this is a good episode. Um, I think our budget problems are, are still here and our music is all over the place, but yeah, I think this is a good one. The The biggest problem I have with it is the, uh, not having the context of it. Yeah. Like it's just the, um, you know, it's the, the fact that like in the micro, what's happening is cool in this episode, but not knowing or in the, in the micro, but not knowing the macro stakes or not really understanding having anything established. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I can presume that uh, Xavier's uh, motivation is just to save kids and train them. I don't know what Magneto is doing. I mean, at this you know, at I this point, Xavier's just collecting kids. I don't think there's any training involved whatsoever. He's just, yeah, yeah. these are just all Pokemon for, for Xavier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Um, yeah. Any, any, yeah. any, any last thoughts or you want to do the ad many GTFO? No, I think, I think I'm good. Like I like this episode. I'm looking forward to more. I really want the show to get a direction, mm-hmm. you know, like I, but I like, I like these episodes and it does make me want to watch more. I don't want to see their interpretations of some of these characters. You know, what's Quicksilver going to be like in this show? Like I want, you know, things like that, like characters with strong personalities. I want to see how they come over. Maybe you'll be interested in Blob or a character they created specifically <laughs> for the show called Spike. Uh, and like, yeah, because that's the next two episodes we're going to be, we're going to be covering. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Spike is weird. Who shows up in X3 X-Men United and a character kind of based on him is in Ecstatics, making it kind of the second adaptation of Ecstatics thing after uh, Zeitgeist shows up in Deadpool too. Weird. So. Weird. Yeah. Um, um, if you like this podcast, you can support it in a variety of ways. Uh, the biggest of which is probably just to tell your X Men friends about it and, and kind of spread mm-hmm. the word. Uh, you can also leave a, a review on Apple Podcast or Google Play or Stitcher or any of the other various podcast services that 
that you use. Um, and you can also support the show directly by going to patreon.com slash duckvtv and donating some dollars to the network. It supports uh, me and Gary. It supports mostly Gary, but it supports me and Gary and uh, all of the... Uh, <laughs> Good thing to make that clear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gary withholds wages from me, is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, no. But it supports the network and uh, allows us to do all kinds of crazy cool podcasts and you get a lot of cool benefits out of it. Uh, you get access to the Slack channel. Uh, you get access to episodes early. Just all kinds of cool stuff the slack channel uh or the slack server i guess i should say is crazy big nowadays like I've, every time i mm-hmm. I'll log into the the new channel the new people channel is there's like 10 or 15 new folks that i've never seen before so it's growing like crazy mm-hmm. yeah it's uh yeah it's it's an it's fun it's good like the new people are nice like come join us yeah it's a good fun time don't don't do um, not be afraid to talk either come in and, and tell us all about your opinions yeah absolutely we really do uh really do appreciate it and uh yeah welcome um yeah i think that's about it yeah uh we will see you in two weeks time for another two episodes of x-men evolution and until then stay happy everybody good night